0: Hello, and welcome to The Haunted Estate.
1: Hello, my dear little spooky friends, and welcome back to this, yes, The Haunted Estate with me, yes, Selena Myers, your host. You know what it is today, we are going to talk about paranormal stuff, like we do every other day. We will go into my stories, your stories, and everything in between, and today we will get back to the saga of Sammy. I'll check and see if we have any calls, and we will move on from there. Call and tell
0: us your story, 203 by calling 260 3428 and visit us at thehauntedestate.com
1: Hello again from the same Sammy who spun stories of scary shadow people, eerie energies, and a wayward woman in white. I'm back with another tale of my haunted house. I'd like to focus on the poltergeist act- poltergeist-like activities at this time. Without boring you too much, I'd like to jump right in. My house was a big house, with many people who lived in it. Things are bound to move, noises are bound to happen, but what if they continue to happen when no one's around to make them? Quite a few accidents happened. Items went moved or missing. One that really stuck out to me was in early high school. My brother was never home, my dad was always at work, and my mother made a mess whenever she went out of her room. I had been gone all day. As I dragged my backpack down the stairs, across the living room, and into my bedroom, I noticed something odd. In the corner of my room was a vanity table. It was shoved up against the wall. I had stored a few nerdy figurines in a specific order on top of it. My favorite one was standing upright on the floor, about one meter from the table. None of the others were moved in any way. My cats couldn't have done this, since when they walk around on the vanity table, they knock everything down. This was as if somebody picked it up, backed up, and then placed it with care on the carpet. My mother was the only one in the house at the time, and if she had chosen to come into my room, it would have been much more noticeable. Once, when my roommate and I were living alone in this house, many years after most of these experiences, she was attacked. Now, she wasn't strangled, but there was an attempt. A small figure I kept on the shelves in the upstairs living room, These shelves face outwards toward the stairs and the garage door. The figure that was on the lowest shelf was thrown clear across the room, over the couch and banister, and hit my roommate in the arm as she walked up the stairs. I can't even begin to speculate on how others and other ways that this could have happened. There was far too much intent and force behind this happening to be some silly story like a cat knocked it over or an air draft caught it. The only way for it to have traveled like that... As if somebody threw it. Thinking back, I have another great experience that happened when I was in elementary school. I had a bunk bed, and the bottom was set up as a desk. I had kept a computer table, a printer, a table light, and TV on this desk. I whittled away the hours of the night sitting at the old computer chair, typing up stories and essays well into the night. My table lamp was on just about all hours of the day. I remember typing away on my computer as suddenly, as suddenly the light on my lamp exploded. The glass went everywhere. I was left with a few cuts on my arms and face. I screamed. My dad bolted down the stairs to see the remains of the accident. Another more malicious attack occurred at the end of my family's stay in this house. My family was far from getting along, and I was the only one living there until I had finished my degrees and had the money to move out. Tensions were tight, and what happened next really pushed us. My mother was taking illegal medical drugs and found them to be missing one day. Being as just me and my dad were in the house, the blame came to me. I was out of the house from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day. I didn't even have interest in that junk. My father was the breadwinner and, for this sinking ship of a family, was often drug tested at work. Neither of us had the motive or opportunity. Nevertheless, the accusations kept coming, and we all turned on each other. The missing drugs weren't ever found, and the issue was never revolved, resolved. I moved out within a month, and my parents divorced two months later. This attack was one on moral and psyche. The attack had just won a war. Again, I hope this content is quality enough for your podcast, and I'm sorry if I'm bothering you with all these. I've just got too many to count. I'm sorry if I mention the drugs is too much. Feel free to censor it and replace with another noun. Have a great day. No, I absolutely love you sending these stories. I will say it time and time again. Keep them coming. We will put one in every single episode, and of course you can mention drugs. Um, I don't do drugs, but hey, um, I do lots of things. (laughs) Um... I feel like when you're in the paranormal field, you just need to be a more open person in general. So if you want to swear, you can even throw that out there. I'll throw it in there. They've rated me G on iTunes, but that's not going to last long. And I don't care because I love the word fuck. (laughs) There I said it. Wasn't that fun? I love your story. Um, you never know with the light Maybe coincidence. Probably not with all the other things you have going on. Um, throwing of items, definitely a poltergeist activity. If you had all that tense energy in your house, all those nasty feelings going on. Um, if anyone was going through puberty, if your mom was going through like a menopause, that's definitely going to bring on those kind of energies. Yeah. That's something a lot of people don't know. Puberty, menopause, any kind of big life change, definitely brings out a lot of weird energies. So thank you so much again, and that was the next story from the Saga of Sammy.
0: Call and tell us your story toll free 1-877-260-3428 and visit us at
1: Hauntedestate.com. Next up, folks, we are going to talk about Mud House. It is a mansion in Ohio, and that's where a lot of people say that the Bloody Mary uh, folklore kind of started. So we're going to go a bit into the history and stuff like that.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot
1: The Mudhouse mansion used to sit in a remote area near Columbus, Ohio. The mansion was turned down some time back. Some say it's because of all the negativity, and others say it's because it was beyond disrepair. Now, if you ever saw this place in person, you would probably agree on destroying the place. There is a very creepy and scary vibe behind the house, without even knowing its history. Tales and legends say that after the Civil War, a well-known government official kept slaves on the property. They were treated horribly, and at night he would lock them up in one of the buildings in the land. He would severely beat them on a regular basis and do unspeakable acts to them just because he enjoyed it. According to legend, one of the slaves dug his way out and made his way into the mansion and slaughtered the entire family while they slept. But other tales say it was another family that was murdered in the house decades later. Neither of the stories have either been confirmed, but it still remains at the forefront of of many paranormal investigations even though the mansion is gone throughout the years there were numerous tales of odd things coming from the mansion like horrible screams and sounds those who adventure near it would see lights and hear strange music coming from the house only on a few occasions people would hear screaming but when they got close the sound was coming from the old mansion Some people say that the Mudhouse Mansion is actually the home of the legend of Bloody Mary. The reason being is that the children who used to live in the area of the Mudhouse Mansion would tell tales of the house of Bloody Mary. Supposedly, there was some really creepy stuff that happened to a woman named Mary in this house that led to the urban legend. So, the real question is, could this be where the real urban legend of Bloody Mary comes from? Um, with this article, there are a lot of really cool pictures, there um, is actually a couple videos from YouTube, and as you know, I've told you before, all links that, or all things that I read, everything, the links are on TheHuntedState.com, click on blog, you will see the title of the episode, underneath, you can check out all this really cool content. Do you have a topic idea? Email us at selena at This is pretty cool, guys. I was doing some more research, trying to find something else to talk about, and I found a really cool poem written by an investigator from ideaattic.com, and here it is. It's titled "Mudhouse Mansion. On the other side of Lancaster lurks a house on top of a hill with busted-out old windows and a cellar which dust does fill. The rain pours in as day turns dim and trickles into night. All that can be seen is darkness and a house in the damp moonlight. The wind begins to blow. The tree take their cue to sway. Faint screams can be heard in the distance. Another life out does it stay. Ooh, I like ye. I love creepy poetry. I love poetry in general. I was such an emo kid when I was younger, and I would just sit and read my poetry and be all dark, and you know how it goes. Next, let's jump into what everybody loves. We are going to do some Ouija board stories. Number one, uh, ask Xander. Oh Lord, I was about 12. My friend and I were playing ask Xander, a board game with an electronic wizard that makes sounds and talks. When the batteries died, I tried to find replacements, but with no luck. So my amazing friend says, Hey, that Ouija board could be fun. Let's play that and become possessed by demonic entities for all time. Or something along those lines. Never just... You see a Ouija board... There, Okay, guys, here's a rule, okay? You see the Ouija board? You see where it is in that corner? Yeah? Walk the opposite way. Okay, back to the story. We're going along and asking questions, pushing the little eye around and having a grand old time. Until I say, if there's something there, prove yourself the motherfucking no battery ask wizard says dun 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 you win i flipped the board tossed it in the trash and absolutely refused to have that friend in my house again good job i'm proud of you number two obviously possessed we were goofing off in a neighbor's house playing with a ouija board and we asked the demon to talk to us shut up i know Five minutes into our conversation, the little girl next to me vomited and then fell off her stool and bashed her head off the counter. We called her mom, who took her to the doctor. She came to school the next day, with a huge knot and bruise on her head. The doctor said that he didn't know what caused it, but that she was fine. Although she had felt a little funny, it was most likely unrelated but I haven't touched a Ouija board since, nor have I hung out with that girl since she is obviously possessed by a demon now. (laughs) Number three, nighttime visitor. The night we played, something came through and was calling me horrible names. I thought it was my friend doing it, so I made my little brother try it with me, and it was definitely not her. My brother was seven and didn't know those words or how to spell them. I asked it to do something to prove it was real. "'Nothing happened. "'Fast forward to the next morning. "'We were all sitting in the family room, watching TV, "'when our fireplace, which we were not using, "'literally exploded into flames. "'We were all freaked out "'and swore we would never use the Ouija board again. "'But it didn't matter. "'The door was open. "'After that, I had many episodes of sleep paralysis. "'Things in my room would move on their own. "'Something would come in my room "'and sit on my bed while I slept.' I could feel it and see the depression in my bed. Number four, the gunshot. Yeah, went to this house that burned down. The whole family inside, with two of my friends at 1 a.m. It was still night, no wind or anything. We were in my truck, doing the Ouija, and it started to get mean, so we stopped. Then it sounded like someone shot a large gun outside the truck window. And it felt like a huge gust of wind blew over us, because the truck rocked. And then we all started freaking out. I tried to start the truck, but it wouldn't go. Then, we did it again at a friend's house. One of the two people there with me were there the first time, and we were in the basement. Shit started getting weird again. So I went to turn the lights on. They wouldn't turn on. The basement door was locked. None of us ever did it again. I don't believe in that kind of stuff, but it was really creepy. After that, you don't believe in that kind of stuff? <laughs> I get kind of frustrated. Like, I believe... When people say they don't believe in that stuff, because I know there's people completely turned off. But when someone says that and it's like, why can't you understand? I've seen the things I've seen. And just to be outright not believed is quite an experience. Anyways, number five, kill. I'll never forget. I was 13 and my three friends and I wanted to try the Ouija board. It was the middle of the day. So we went to my friend's walk-in closet where it was dark. We brought flashlights. We were just playing around. Eventually, this spirit named Michael came on, and we started talking to it. Of course, each of us starts jokes that someone is making it move. But the more we started talking to Michael, the more it was apparent that none of us were pushing the navigator around. It was really creepy, but fascinating, too. One of my friends asked the spirit if it was in the present moment. "'It started to spell C-L-O-S "'when one of my friends took the navigator off the board "'and started freaking out and scream, "'Closet! He was spelling closet!' "'We were spooked, but in a fun way. "'The friend who freaked out wanted to stop, "'but we insisted that we keep talking to Michael "'as we'd at least say goodbye to to close out the session. "'We got the navigator back onto the board "'and said we were sorry for interrupting him. "'He was not happy. "'He said to not do it again.' For some stupid reason, I asked Michael what he was going to do in the closet with us. He started to spell K-I-L, and the same friend threw the navigator off the board again and started screaming, "'Kill! He's going to kill us!' and ran out of the closet. We all got really freaked out and ran too. We didn't close out the session, so there was an argument between a few of us who felt we needed to go back and say goodbye so Michael could be sent away.' But for those of us, we refused to touch the Ouija board ever again. We ended up not going back in, and I had nightmares about Michael following me around and wanting me dead. Number six, look in the shower. In seventh grade, my friends and I went over to Mary's house, intent on playing with her mom's Ouija board that night. None of us had played with one before. Mary's mom was an extremely spiritual person who believed in energies, witchcraft, and stuff like that. Before we used the board, Mary warned us that her mom would be really pissed if she found out we were playing with it, because Ouija boards can attract really bad spirits into the home. With full knowledge of this, we decided to proceed anyways. This Ouija board was not the average Ouija board that you had ever seen. Along with the usual characteristics, the alphabet, yes, no, goodbye, there was an entire array of symbols that were all arranged in a circle. This was some seriously intricate stuff. We started goofing around and communicating with random spirits here and there until we finally met one that had us in tears the entire sleepless night. First, we asked the spirit if it was a man or a woman, to which it replied, M-A-N. Then, we asked how he was killed, M-U-R-D-E-R. That freaked us out, but only a little bit, but we were mostly excited. All of a sudden, before we asked another question, the glass goes to the eyeball symbol and spells out I-N, goes to the water symbol, we didn't have a clue what that meant. It wasn't too scary until the spirit spelled out shower. And my best friend realized that the spirit was trying to get us to look in the shower. We froze. I've never been so scared in my entire life. Especially sitting in front of the bathroom with the shirt, shower curtain all the way closed, faced in my direction. We all screamed and promised on our friendships that we had not moved it ourselves. Very important, I promise. I felt like I was being watched and my friends thought so too. It was only four of us, and I believe with all my heart that none of them had moved it. We were all too nervous to do anything. I'll never use a Ouija board again because of how crazy and intense that night was. I understand when people say Ouija boards are not... I understand when Ouija boards say they are controlled by your subconscious, but fuck that. I know something was in that room with us. I know it was dangerous. Number seven, get the boy. My friend had mentioned that she had one, so I told her to pull the board out so I could check it out. At first she said no, but then agreed to do it, as long as she didn't have to participate. After she set the board up, I asked, Is anyone here? Nothing. So, being a dumb teenager, I said, If anything is here and not talking, you're a coward. The board was put away after that. Fast forward about a week later, I was sleeping on my upstairs couch. I wake up in a stereotypical stormy night, thunder and lightning, wind and rain, the works. I look around to see why I woke up and couldn't see a thing. I decided to try and fall back asleep. After laying there for about 30 seconds, I hear from downstairs, get the boy, in a very raspy, wispy voice. I open my eyes, listen, nothing. I start to go back to sleep. Get the boy! It was much louder this time. Then, my downstairs door slams shut. I freak out because no one slept down there and we had no drafts. Nothing really happened after that. I learned my lesson. Number eight. Are you for real? A lady I worked with brought one in one day to play around. We messed with it. It really didn't think it was going to do anything weird or move on its own. So my co-worker goes to lunch and leaves me alone in the store. I didn't have any customers, so I went to the back where the board was. I put my index finger on it, very lightly, and said, Are you real? That thing moved straight up to yes on its own. I ran out of that back room freaking out and never touched one again. A few friends and I mucked around with Ouija boards a lot as teenagers. It had been harmless fun. One night we were speaking with a young boy called Niall, who had told us he had been murdered by his father. We spoke with him for a while, and then got bored with the conversation and left, and eventually tried it again. We started to speak with someone and assumed it was an elderly lady, when actually it turned out it was Niall again. Someone must have asked what you want, because the ouija boy spelt out satisfy my requests," and then continuously spelt answers. Over and over and over again until we freaked out and just abandoned everything the board, the house, the street. I have never touched a Ouija board since. Early last year, a few of us got together again, having all gone our separate ways after high school, and we brought up that night. And everyone swore again that they hadn't moved anything on purpose. Of course, someone could still be lying, or we could have inadvertently been moving the pointer without realizing. But just remembering the force of that pointer moving so rapidly and what it spelled out freaked me out enough to never want to mess it with again. Number 10. The Eagle One of my best experiences involved talking with a spirit of air, which happened back when I believed only in the mental aspect of magic and thought that spirits were someone of my own psyche. To test this, I asked the spirit to show me some kind of sign of its its existence, which I did not expect to manifest. When I asked this huge eagle, birds being a part of the air spirit's domain, it landed right outside my window, stared at me, like really stared at me, into my eyes, looked down at the ward and flew away. Maybe it was coincidence, but I closed on the communication, did a rose-cross banishing ritual, and noped the fuck away from magic ever again. <laughs> um, so that was Ouija Boyd stories. Um, of course, it was on my absolute favorite website, which is the occultmuseum.com. I will blast them in every single episode because they just have the coolest articles. I'm hoping that I'm allowed to use them. I want to ask, but I don't want them to say take everything down because I put them on my website and the website's been getting quite a few views. And again, how are we getting views? We are getting views because you guys are going to share with your friends, right? Promise? Anyways, I wanna jump right back into Ouija boards for a quick moment. Something that I brought up many, many times and I will continue to bring up is that it doesn't have to be a Ouija board. It can be a pendulum, it can be anything. It, it can be asking out in the air. Any time that you're acknowledging the other side is a dangerous time and it's something that you really need to understand and feel perfectly protected as you go into those situations. So please, if you do have any questions about Ouija boards or contacting the other side, do not be afraid to contact me. I know I haven't gone too deeply into this podcast about the depth of my involvement in the paranormal community. That is strictly because I do have a book coming out. Um, And that book is going to be full of everything, not everything, a lot of places that I've been, um, investigations I've worked in, demonologists, parapsychologists I have met, all of those kind of situations. I I spent a big part of my life hiding from the fact of what I did because it was something that was completely terrifying to me. And it was something that I really didn't want to affect the rest of my life. But that is my life. And I kind of had to realize that. But anyways, before I say goodbye, I would like to give a couple shout outs. Um, I'm on SoundCloud. I'm looking at our top areas where we've been played. I would like to say again, we are the number one spot goes to stock, Stockholm, Sweden. And then Los Almos, Greer, San Francisco, Burnaby, Canada, Baton Rouge, and Chicago. Those are our top cities, top countries are United States, Canada, Sweden, Australia, and then the United Kingdom. And our top listener, um, it just randomly chooses a person that has to listened to your podcast, is back to Alexis again. And our top downloaders are iphone this is just for the last seven days but still i'm gonna say it again guys i know you're listening to this and you're like oh yeah other people are sharing not enough people are so please rate us on whatever platform you find me so on and so forth i love you guys and i will see you the day after tomorrow don't let anything too spooky keep you up